Alright. So, we'll see if we can get through. I think we can do it. We have six pages left of notes. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so contemplation five. I like this part. Lambs to the slaughter. Haven't you even got eyes to see how those in the world with you have steadily gone to the slaughter? To sit here still and enjoy your sleep is just the same as the oxen waiting for the butcher. I like this analogy. It's very clear. Basically, he's talking about a slaughterhouse. Um, so you'll see... Maybe all these cows just relaxing, lazing around, eating grass. Totally relaxed, enjoying. And then next to them, there's, you know, like a line of cows being led into the slaughterhouse. And they're going to go in. Their throats are going to be slit. They're not going to come back out. And in general, all of the cows are too stupid to logically deduce that my friends are going into this building and they're not coming out. And Master Shanti Deva is comparing us to them, to these cows. Most of us are just like that. People all around are getting led to the slaughter or led away by the Lord of Death. People we know, famous people, friends of friends, family members, all these people getting killed day by day some younger than us, some older than us, some the same age. Master Shandi Deva is saying, look around at all these people being led to the slaughterhouse, and we're like these stupid cows chewing on grass and drinking water, lazing around. And he's saying, open your eyes. Don't just sit there like a stupid cow, watch TV, <laughs> read the New York Times. Don't be like one of the stupid cows. That's what he's saying. It's happening right in front of us. We don't even notice. It's a steady flow every week, every day, every month. It really is. They're leading the cows in one by one. So don't sit there like a cow thinking of our next TV show or movie. We have to do something. So contemplation six. I still have time. Death is coming to take you, moving at an incredible speed. In the time you have left, try to amass good karma. When the moment arrives, it's true you may give up your laziness, but what good can it do at a time so wrong? You haven't got to this just yet. The others just started, and yet another has half still left to do. Suddenly, then, does the Lord of Death make his arrival, and in your mind you can only cry, He kills me. And we go through our lives like this, and we always plan to get the things later. I'll do this later. I'll get to my meditation later. I'll do my retreats next year. 
I'll get to my practice when I have more time, when I have more time off. You know, we're always planning later, later, later. In the back of our mind, we think we'll always get to it. We'll be able to do it. But we don't know when death's coming. And that's what Master Shanti Deva is talking about. It could come tomorrow. Everyone who dies, they had plans for things to do. So Master Shanti Deva says, also he's talking about, what the hell did you think you were going to do at the moment you died? Do you think, do we think we're going to become a master meditator right then? Like just putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. You know, like when we are about to die or when we get cancer, we're in the hospital, is that when we're going to start studying and meditating? And Master Shanti Deva says, forget it. If we wait too long, we won't be able to do it. When we get to a certain age, we can't meditate properly or sit long enough. Um, you hear everyone saying, I'll do retreats when I get more time off of work or next year. But really, if we're not doing them now, we probably won't start them. So what we have to do is take the steps now. Because we won't be able to make up for what we didn't do throughout our whole life in the last few hours of our life. It just doesn't make sense. When we're too old, we won't be able to reach the meditation levels that we need to. So we have to do our meditations, our retreats, our practices, our morning meditation. And usually we're not doing anything better with our time. We're really not. So if we don't start after tonight, at a certain point, we're really just kidding ourselves. We just have to do it. And it feels good to do it. It's just that we have to make ourselves. Which is, it's kind of twisted, but. Contemplation seven, what it feels to die. What is it that you imagined you'd do at that moment, tormented by the memory of the wrongs you've done and with the roar of the hell realms in your ears, bringing such terror that you cover your body in shit and reach the depths of insanity. So basically here, this is reinforcing what we just said. Don't think we can do some practice at the very end of our life in the most terrifying moments of all of our terrifying moments put together that we're going to be able to do some practice where we'll get out of suffering at that point. So there, there's these practices that you feel or that you hear of like POA or something like that where you go into a deep meditation and you project yourself, your body to another realm. And really... I mean, just forget about it at that point. We'll have this incredible fear, and it's so hard to think clearly when we have fear. The last few hours before we die is total chaos. The mind is collapsing. <coughs> we'll have hallucinations. We'll be terrified. Master Shanti Deva says, how are you going to do POA? How are you going to do this practice at that time? We're going to be scared to death like a crazy person. 
and we think we're going to be able to go into a deep meditation at that time. It's probably the least likely of any moment in our entire life when we can do something like that. So to wait till then is, is just totally crazy. So these are the four experiences at the point of death. It's so crazy that it's raining. I know. <laughs> um, okay, number one. Say Rang Dik Drenpe Dunga. Dungpa. So this is when we're tormented by memories of the bad misdeeds that we did in this life. And it, it, it's got to be really tormenting because there's nothing we can do about it at that point. It's just like this. Oh. So that's why it's so important to take care of everything, to not do any of those things, to do purification and get it clean slate by the time we get there, which could be any time, so we have to do it all the time, you know? And it's, it's said to be true that your whole life flashes before your eyes, all the major negative things that we did. And we don't really think about it until our life is in danger, and then at that point we're truly honest with ourselves. Number two, say Nyawe Dra Tupa. Nyawe Dra Tupa. You hear the terrible sounds of people tearing each other apart. So as, as we know, Buddhism accepts the idea of hell. It's either very hot or very cold. And according to Buddhism, if you could hear a hell realm for a minute, you would go totally crazy. It's that terrifying. In the hell realm, we're born whole as a human. It's not like we have a hell mom and dad or something like that. And then you try to destroy everybody around you before they destroy you. And there's the sound of that. And when you die, you hear these terrible sounds of hell if that's where you're going next. And this, and this part is kind of crazy. The Buddha put the odds that we will go to a hell realm. Um, out of a million people, one person will not go to a hell realm. One person. So with odds like that, how, how would you ever think of euthanasia? You know, or like suicide or anything? It would be crazy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Geshele thinks that this is why we fight so strongly at death, because we're aware we've been there many times, and it's likely that we'll go back there. But if we take refuge seriously, it could stop the doors of hell. If we see the direct perception of emptiness, we'll never again go there. If we study well, we don't have to worry about it ever again. And with the right trainings, all of us, in, you know, both of us in this room will get there. The third one, say, Trakpe Misang Lugu. Trakpe misang lugu. Trakpe misang lugu. Trakpe misang lugu. 
So this means you defecate on yourself from fear. Which is one of the things that happens at the point of death. And so if you're that scared, it just it doesn't seem realistic or really fair to tell people that they can do POA at that moment or that practice. And it doesn't mean that that practice is impossible. It takes years and years of training. It does work, but it takes years in retreat to learn how to do it. Fourth one, Nupar Gear. New park here. New park here. You become totally insane. Your brain cell synapses, which support the mind, cause hallucinations and a total loss of clarity. So as you start to die, especially when you look like you're dead but your mind is still working, you're incapable of having a clear thought and for all intents and purposes, you're, you're insane, really. Master Shanti Deva says, take care of things now. Don't wait for some last moment thing to, to pull through and help you. And the point is, against this, this idea of our impending death, we have to re-examine our expectations and consider how we're spending our precious time while we still have this time and energy. We have to make the efforts now. Contemplation eight. Examine your expectations. You set your hopes on results. Unwilling to make any effort, suffering showered down on those least able to bear them. Already in the embrace of death, you imagine yourself an immortal. Cry out when sufferings come to destroy you. You must make use of this boat, the human life you have, to cross over the great river of suffering. The boat is hard to find again later. Do not sit then, ignorant one. At this moment they're asleep. You give up the highest kind of pleasure, the holy dharma, infinite numbers of causes that bring you pleasure. Why is it you are attracted so much to being distracted by causes for pain, to busyness and the like? So this is the role of expectation as you die three that people live with. I, these are great to go over, I think. Okay, so these are the three points mentioned. Number one, Segela Sunme, Drebu Dewa, Topa. Gela Sunme Drebu Dewa Topa. Gela Sunme Drebu Dewa Topa. Okay. So this one means humans unreasonably assume that good will come to them 
without deeds creating the causes to bring them about. Which makes total sense. Somehow we think we just are going to get these, these things that we want in our life, maybe without ever putting in place the causes. It's unreasonable because we haven't done anything to deserve it. You know, like, I hope I get friends or a partner, money, have a nice life. And in a way, we're, we're crazy because we're expecting these things to happen. But what have we done to expect that these things will happen? Except mostly, you know, we're told by society that we deserve them or something like that. Have we been caring to other people? Are we doing virtuous things? Are we thinking about our practice a lot? And somehow, we still think that everything should turn out fine. In the back of our mind, we think, I'm not so bad. Other people I don't know about. These bad things, they'll happen to someone else, but they won't happen to me. Mostly what we think. So how... And why are we different than the other cows going to the slaughterhouse? Where does this expectation come from that everything's going to be fine? It's totally illogical. But if we're practicing really sweetly and we do our meditation, we take care of others, we keep our vows, we think of Dharma, then sweet things will come and we'll know that we planted the seeds. So they'll come because we planted the seeds for them to come. We have the cause for them to come. So if we're smart, we'll plan our future paradise now and we'll do whatever it takes to get us there. The second, say Landra Yunring. Sundu Rewa. Landra Yunring. Sundu Rewa. You expect that you're going to live for a long time as though you were an immortal. These are like things that I think we think all the time and we just expect. <laughs> and it's so cool that Buddhism from like 2,500 years ago is talking about these things that are still true today. So all of us in this world, when we're talking about everyone dying, we think other people are going to die first, but not us. And there will be the first person that is close to us or that we know or that has studied with us that'll die. And then the second, and then they'll be the last few people, and then they'll all be gone. And no one will even remember that we had these classes or this Dharma Center at a certain point. And the question is, on what basis do we think we'll still be around for a while? How is that reasonable? These three expectations are what make us suffer so greatly at death because then we see that it's all wrong, that it's all been wrong. Because we see that we thought we weren't so bad and that we we're going to live longer and we just see that we were completely wrong. If we didn't have these false expectations, we wouldn't suffer so much as you die. So it's a good thing to have these pointed out so we can see them when they come up and notice, notice them for what they are. It's not like believing in them 
makes them true or something. You know, they're still not true. And we're going to realize it one time or another. So by shedding some light on it now, we can avoid a lot of pain when they actually happen. Okay, and then the third one says Sen Chung, Duk Niao, Manja. Sen Chung, Duk Niao, Manja. So as we get older, our, our ability to endure suffering and pain is greatly diminished. We also start to lose our tolerance for change and ambiguity. And then the older we get, the less able we are to put up with pain and to put up with problems in our lives. Which is, it's kind of scary because we have more and more pain as we get older too. Mm -hmm. And we're less able to put up with it. So at a certain point when we get to be really old, we can't even stand a slight breeze that's a little too hot or too cold. And we're kind of like this already, you know? Mm -hmm. So someone puts a little too much spice in the food and we get sick. We just get really, really sensitive. So don't think that we're any different. We're the same as this. We get weaker and weaker and smaller and smaller and things will hurt more. Even just to sit on the chair. So this is the third condition that makes death worse and worse. And interestingly, if we die young, apparently it's a little less painful. So these are the three reasons why to die is so much suffering. Number one, we thought that we weren't that bad. We realized the bad things we did at the time of death. Number two, we thought we'd live longer. And number three, we can't bear pain as much and death becomes more painful. I think that's, yeah, mm -hmm. seeing both. And the real source of happiness is dharma. Just meditating, retreats, studying, watching your mind. The funny thing is that most of us are pushing that away, the real thing that can bring us happiness, and we're running after other things. But we're working on it. That's why we're studying. You know, that's why we're in class. And the more we hear it, the more it'll sink in. We'll start to practice it, and it'll make a difference. What's the cause? I think you just, you just start to do things little by little, and then over time, it adds up more and more. And then it's like your life switches into Dharma. And you won't go. And then, like, like we were saying earlier, if you really go for refuge, you're not going to go to a hell realm. And you won't experience, like, 
If you reach Buddhahood before that, you won't. And even if you reach really high levels, you know, they talk about like the Bodhisattva taking out their eye. And at that point, it's not, it's not a big deal for them. So even if we're reaching these really high levels, which isn't, isn't the point is to get to that and then just not feel the pain, you know? Mm -hmm. But we're on our way to Buddhahood, like we're on our way out. We're going to experience it way differently too. But for sure, if we can reach full awakening or full enlightenment, never are we going to be suffering again. It'll be completely over, completely done. And just by practicing, our life is going to start getting better and better. Better and better things happen. But until we're completely out of the cycle of suffering, we're still going to die. That'll still happen. So that's why we have to do whatever we can to get out of it. And we can, we can do it. We have the time. We have the ability. We have, like, the capacity you know, we have the body. We have all of it. So a few of the things that... Here's three things that we do, like, normally. We cheat maybe on our taxes, and we think we're getting money. So it's actually a source of suffering. Or we cheat someone else, or we lie to someone else, and we think we're going to get something we want. Three things we do all the time. We're attracted to being really busy, like the hustle and bustle of the city. It makes our mind really busy, and then we can't meditate, and we're really attracted to that. Mm -hmm. And then we're attracted just to jumping from object to object. <laughs> I want to do this, now I want to do that, now I want to do this, now I'm going over here. I watch myself doing this. I'm trying to, to like change it right now. But this still being... This brings suffering, but we run after it. So instead of embracing what, embracing really what brings us happiness, our practice, we reject it and then we run after these other things. So we have to learn to stop running after those things and just spend gradually a little more time on practice, which is the only thing that's going to bring us the happiness we want anyways. None of these things are going to bring us the happiness we're looking for. They'll bring some temporary pleasure, and then that pleasure will go. So it's not like we're giving up something really good. We'll get something way better by doing our practice. And what are, I mean, what are we missing out on, like, watching one more stupid show? You know, <laughs> I've watched so many shows, it's so crazy. <laughs> But, like, we know what comes from that. <laughs> and the potential of practicing is infinite. There's so much, like, even just doing it a little bit, it feels good, you know? Like, it's so nice. Not always, but often it does. Yeah. Even just reading a little bit of a Dharma book, like, two pages, it just changes, it changes our mind, even if it's just a little and then that starts to help more and more. So like whatever small ways we can bring it into our lives, like I listen 
sometimes I do. At home, I'll listen to teachings, like when I'm doing the dishes or doing chores, or I'll put it on a CD in my car or listen on headphones. Just like a little bit here and there, it just makes a big difference, kind of keeping the the string of teachings going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because I don't think it, it never gets old. The teachings never get old. Yeah. That sounds... Yeah. I hope it never does. I know, me too. <laughs> I think it'll stop it from doing that if we always are like thinking how amazing they are mm-hmm. and feeling so grateful that, that we're into them, you know? Yeah. And the suffering people that I think it's changed. I'm not That's good. so like drawn back when I see the suffering. Yeah. I think that's a good sign. Because <laughs> all the teachings work if we we just have to do them in some way. Whatever way we're capable, you know, which might be just a little bit sometimes, maybe a lot sometimes. Yeah, that's so cool to see results and, like, just feel... And in a way, you just feel better in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. I just feel sad that I can't do something right now, you know? That... Yeah. Like, you wish you were at the point where you had the capability to act- to truly be <laughs> of, yeah. like, help. Yeah. I know it's it's really hard. I kind of remember not having something before, mm-hmm. and just it's confusing, cause you just like don't have somewhere really to turn, and you're like trying to figure things out. I mean, we still are in a way now, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. There's some stronger foundation that's like holding you up with. Mm-hmm. A practice. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And really, there was a point in my life where I really felt I wanted to just die, to end it, you know, and I thought death was really the answer. I really felt that. I yeah. And Aww. I'm so glad I didn't have the guts, you know, to do all that. And just. I never thought it would change. It's, it's, thank God. It's, I know. There's hope now with answers of how to do things. Yeah, like a clear path or guidance. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. Okay, let's do prayers. We're only four minutes over.
Sashi Puki Chukshin Metok Tram Vira Blinshi Niente Gampadi Sange Shingu Mikte Wargi Jokun Amdak Shingla Chuparshok Yidam Guru Radnam Antalakanyatayami Gewadi Gewoku Sunam Yashe Sok Sok Shing Sunam Yashe Lejunwe Dampa Kuni Toparshu